Right. So, uh, the elephant in the room is that there is no one but the elephant in the room. Uh, Daniel's not able to record this week because of, like, Thanksgiving issues and also, well, Thanksgiving issues. Not issues. But, uh, Thanksgiving, the holiday, going visit family and all that. Important kind of stuff. Uh, and for the same reasons, this is going to have to be extremely short for me. Uh, and I was thinking, I'm not exactly sure how productive it is for me to bring up uh, the anime from this week. So instead, I was maybe just going to kind of try and set some primers for what we'll talk about next week, which will be... I guess, uh, a for real episode. Like, for instance, I'm not calling this Spiral Hour 20. This is just going to be a Spiral Hour solo, just like uh, the first one, kind of a bonus episode. Not terribly necessary. I'll try to make that clear in the title. So uh, if anyone's listening through these, they'll see this and think, eh, maybe I can just skip the skip that one. <clears throat> and um, anything I talk about here, I'll make sure to cover at the beginning of uh, the actual episode 20, assuming it's actually important and I haven't changed my mind, given that it'll be until, it'll be next week when we really do that next episode. Uh, there aren't any burners right now, and I don't think we will have figured any out by uh, the time we do the next episode. Uh, and it's because there's a lot of stuff happening with the new things, which we call breakers for this show. There's the breakers and the burners. Burners, things on the back burner. Breakers are the things that are that are hitting right now. So, we were watching Ahiruno Sora, um, Dr. Stone, Fire Force, My Hero Academia, and we are reading the uh, online um, manhwa Burning Effect. And for a long time, Burning Effect hasn't had any updates, or at least the English translation hasn't had any updates. I'm, if I'm pretty sure that's an unofficial operation. So uh, you kind of just have to take them when you can get them. And um, these last two chapters, I guess this is the first thing I'm going to talk about, because I just uh, read chapter 42. They came out with two, chapter 41 and 42. These last two chapters have been... Well, I guess 42 in particular, because 41 just kind of continues off uh, from the cliffhanger in 40 <clears throat> and wraps that short little story up. 42 seems to exist on its own and is so just, it, it's so sincere and, and heartfelt that I, 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 I sometimes can't believe how good this manhwa is. Um, it's, and it's not just, uh, you know, action or anything like that, uh, because 42 is actually, it's not an action-y episode, uh, it's, it's a quiet moment, and that's something that I think I want to talk about for next week, is, is how, um, the genre of belt, which is the genre we talk about on this show, how that genre handles um, the downtime. And there's a big contrast with what is happening with My Hero Academia. And I think it's that it's... It's it's really mishandling its downtime. This season, season four of My Hero Academia, has been 
so slow. And the dogs are going crazy, because that's family showing up. This is what happens on the holidays. And you know what? It's all worth it. So we're not going to get bent out of shape. But, um, yeah. The way... Uh, I think we're on episode 6 now of season 4 of My Hero Academia. And the pacing has been truly awful. And the way it's handled downtime is that it feels like it can't relax. Um, Belt seems to be at its best when things are moving. You know, things are just... Are, are, are bursting forward with momentum. Uh, you know... In Gurren Lagann, which is one of the, the uh, probably the, the, the tightest examples of Belt, <clears throat> the downtime in that show is done really well because it feels like there's still momentum moving forward, but it, it's not like it's having to restate things that have already happened after they've already happened, which... My hero seems like it's like nothing's happening. Well, do you remember that time when things were happening? Let's talk about that. You know, let's let's get bent out of shape. Let's let's really try to force some drama into a situation where there there is none. There's there isn't even a a list of events that's happening right now. And that's what happened in episode six. Episode six was another recap episode, which if you'd remember, episode one was a recap episode. So, in the span of six weeks, we've had four honest episodes, and three of them were extremely slow. There's been one good episode out of uh, these six, these six, and I'm, I'm just, I don't know what's happened, because it didn't seem to be like this in the past with My Hero. But then I was thinking... My hero doesn't use a lot of downtime. It's possible that, uh, and, and everything needs downtime, especially when it goes on for this long. But it's possible that my hero is just the, this manga author, or, or maybe it's just the way the anime is being handled. They really don't know how to handle downtime. Down <clears throat> and uh, to contrast that burning effect, this manga, chapter 42 is is very slow and and deliberate but it's showing you something and there it's it's still dynamic there's something big in the process like something big is changing but you know it's not it's not a fight it's not you know someone's getting killed off or so, you know some major plot development has happened not really but it still feels like it has momentum, and, and it feels like it has a message and a point and a heart to it that uh, seems to be missing from my hero right now. <clears throat> uh, I would say that the way that Dr. Stone has handled its downtime, which it seems to be about half downtime, is is way better. Like, there's the big moments in Dr. Stone, like Sanku winning the tournament, or... Uh, the, like the fights with Sukasa and stuff like that. But most of what happens in between is kind of people talking and interacting and, and being characters. And, you know, uh, and it's not just, you know, prepping the next big invention or anything like that. But the ending, 
of this week's episode, which I think it was episode 22. Let me check. <clears throat> yes, episode 22. The ending of episode 22 of Dr. Stone was slow, heartfelt, and meaningful. And it was, it kind of marked a definitive change in Gen, which earlier in that episode marked a definitive change in Magma. And this is kind of um, a part of a, the way that Belt deals with villains in that it's more concerned with changing, redeeming, or at least paying respect to villains instead of just stamping them out because they're bad guys. That that's I think that is a that's a huge difference with their contemporaries. That might I could be a little ambitious here, and I don't have Daniel here to um, to second guess me, but I think this might be the defining trait is how Belt deals with villains. That would assume that the story has to have a villain, and I'm not convinced it doesn't. Um, I recently saw Frozen Two, and the movie doesn't have a villain. <clears throat> and it's really bad for it. Frozen 2 is an extremely poorly made film, poorly written. Uh, its message is confused and messy. I'm not even sure what it's trying to say. Uh, the, the plot events don't make much sense. Um, so the literal plot events don't, don't seem to match up very well. Like, they seem like mismatched jigsaw pieces. But so, you know, when uh, something's like that, I think I've talked to this before or talked about this before. I try to look at it as look at the symbolic parts of it and see if they make sense. And s there, there's one scene where it really works. And if you've seen the trailers, it's uh, that part where Elsa is training or not really training, but she's she's trying to cross. She's trying to see how far she can get into the ocean with just her ice powers. I'm not going to spoil what happens because that is a truly good scene, and and it works. There's no dialogue. It, it's visually powerful. The rest of this movie, I would say, is very flat visually, and a lot of it is the dialogue explaining to you what people are feeling, what's happening right now. It's very frustrating, very very poorly put together. But this scene where they have to rely on the visuals, works extremely well. And it makes it to where it works well symbolically. <clears throat> but everything that happens after that seems to be deliberately subversive. Uh, f f what doesn't kill Elsa makes her weaker. It, it seems confused on the, the way things are supposed to happen, the way things actually happen. Uh, because I think the symbolic truth, not just the literal truth, but the symbolic truth in films can often be more relevant to how the world actually works. And Dr. Stone, episode 22, <clears throat> the reforming of villains, or again, maybe not necessarily a villain, but certainly someone who was um, undecided, on where his allegiances were. Maybe not undecided to himself, but everyone else wasn't sure of where his allegiances were. 
he's clearly made he's clearly made his choice. <clears throat> and uh, there's a good moment of doubt where Senku thinks that everyone has figured out what the most logical answer is. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about, but this is what we were actually doing. And um, for a show that is... For a show whose, whose main character, or even main characters, are so concerned with the most practical thing, the smartest thing, the logical thing, they seem to not always take it. And I think that's uh, it's a good thing worth pointing out. <clears throat> Alright, so... Uh, I guess the only things left to talk about are Fire Force and, ha and Ahido no Sora. I don't have much of a segue to go to them. But um, this episode of Fire Force, episode 19. Phenomenal direction, phenomenal action, phenomenal pacing. Um, a whole lot of things happen. There's this kind of blockbuster feel to it. it it reminds me of like a marvel film especially the avengers films because there's all these characters that are doing all these things they're bouncing bouncing off of each other there's fun dialogue it's an energetic pacing but you know it, characters get their highlights so you've got maki who gets her fight where she like one versus i think eight gets to use those uh the the um the pods that, uh, uh, what's his name, that Vulcan made for her. We get to see those in action, get to see her in action, get to see her kind of, you know, her back against the wall and see how she gets to fight. That was cool. Haven't seen much from her in a while, so that was a cool thing to have. <clears throat> and then we get the uh, fight between Assault, who is, I guess, his position with the White Robes was called the Slaughterer, which you think, okay, well, He's clearly a, a big deal. But uh, his fight against Iris and Tamaki ends up being very comedic because it turns out his weakness is exactly what Tamaki is. Uh, was pro Tamaki was born to defeat this guy. And uh, once again, animation fantastic. Pacing of the fight was excellent. All of that kind of... You know, just kind of little extra stuff, or I don't want to say extra, but not not literally immediate plot relevant things, because the main plot being Shinra is going into the Nether, which I I love that they chose that name for it, because in contrast to Frozen Two, Fire Force is getting it's getting the symbolic stuff right, and Shinra is having to symbolically and almost literally go into hell to save his brother and go into hell to save his brother. His brother who wants to be in hell. And uh, Shinra has this, I don't know if it was a, um, a vision of what could happen in the future, but he has a dream about Iris that is interrupted by an earthquake. And I'm not exactly sure if they're going to do some kind of romantic subplot with Shinra and Iris. Uh, it seems like Shinra has a degree of interest in both Iris and Tamaki, but 
they don't seem to be decided on any of that. <clears throat> but this thing with Iris is is clearly going to be be a big deal in the future, uh, and potentially a distraction from his original intended goal of saving his younger brother. Clearly, you know there might be a decision coming up where. Do you save your younger brother, or do you save this girl who is innocent? Your brother, your show is not innocent. Show is he is the main villain, uh, and he doesn't want to be saved. So I like this conflict that it's setting up, that he may have to make a decision between the two. But as we've seen in a lot of things in this genre, uh. The false dichotomy is often defeated and both get saved. But we'll see. Um. Yeah, so, Ahiru no Sora. I watched that one last. Normally I watch it first. I'm not sure why I did it in that order, but. This is, you know, the, the finish on this arc with uh, Kite, as he, as he calls himself getting him onto the team, getting him kind of uh, back into the good graces of the school. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of just hard-headed dedication that helps him along the way. Uh, Sora refuses to leave the faculty alone about letting him come back in. And then the rest of the guys are kind of occupied with setting the record straight, making it clear that Kite didn't start the fight, he was just protecting himself. And then the part from Kite's perspective... Him, him having to kind of remember why he's doing what he's doing. You can tell uh, just because of difficulties in the hand he's frequently dealt that he loses sight of why he's doing this. <clears throat> but um, as as much as I think I hear no Sora isn't this episode nine, which is the one I was watching. As much as I think this isn't a particularly massive episode. It does finish up a rather good arc, and it has what I think is the quote of the week, which is, some pain must be born with. And it's kind of played for laughs at uh, a couple points in Ahiru, in, in Ahiru no Sora, but I think it believes it. I think in the end, it still endorses the message that in, in the context that it's used is almost a, a variation on turn the other cheek. It doesn't just mean lay down and take it. It just means if you can take it, sometimes you should. It's, you know, sometimes that's the best for everyone. While these guys that are beating up on Kite might need to, you know, have a good old-fashioned ass-kicking, Kite needs more to just let it go. Take the hits you'll be alright, and um, he's rewarded for it. Kind of reminds me of um, Gran Torino, not to spoil anything, but uh, it reminds me of sort of the message of that movie, which is a Clint Eastwood film. I would, I would recommend that to anyone. Uh, without hesitation. Even people who don't like Clint Eastwood because he makes genre films and westerns and some of his uh, true story movies may not have been 
100% on the truth. Gran Torino, I think, is it is the Clint Eastwood movie that everyone can watch and enjoy and get get something out of. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I guess that's all I've got to say. Uh, really hoping my hero can turn this around. But after six episodes in, I'm kind of just wanting this arc to end. Uh, I'm not sold on the villain. I'm not sold on his motivations. I'm not even sold on the events. I kind of, I'm ready for it to be wrapped up. So, yeah. I guess we'll see you next week. Actually, I think that episode might already be up by now. So, I, we definitely will see you next week. But, uh, yeah. Happy Thanksgiving weekend, everyone. I know that um, people who are in school are on Thanksgiving break now. Enjoy that. And, uh, you know, watch some anime. Read some manga. Like a, like a real American. See you next week. I'm not going to say go beyond plus ultra because we're mad at it right now. <laughs>